Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. This week, I take the show out to Cedar Park for a town hall hosted by Congressman Beto O'Rourke. Let's get political. Hello, and thank you for listening. I'm Brad. This is my podcast. I just looked it up, and there are over half a million podcasts out there. Um, so I know you have options and it means a lot to me that you're hearing this right now. So thank you very much. This week I am drinking Pete's Barati Black. It's a cold brew coffee. I don't always drink iced coffees, but with the Texas heat well over a hundred degrees right now, I, it has a certain appeal. This is the first time I've tried Pete's cold brew. I've been a longtime fan of their whole bean coffee and they have the same quality going on with this cold brew. It's so smooth, uh, strong, but still very, very smooth. I don't uh, taste any bitterness in this at all. Barati translates to cold in Swahili, and this blend of coffee features beans from Kenya, Ethiopia, Tanzania, and Rwanda. Uh, it's roasted lighter uh, than the other peach blends to bring out more of the bright, fruity flavors of these African beans. One thing I do like about peach is that you can get it almost anywhere. I picked this bottle up at Target, so it's nice that it's so prevalent and readily available. I recommend trying this one out, Pete's Barati Black. I don't know if you've heard, but... Ted Cruz has some serious competition for the upcoming Texas Senate race. Beto O'Rourke is basically uh, tied with Cruz in the latest polls, uh, within a few points at least. I want to go back to his backstory for a little bit. He is a fourth-generation Texan, born and raised in El Paso. He graduated Columbia University and started a small technology company in his hometown, uh, back in the late 90s. He ran for El Paso City Council in 2005 and served for two terms before running for U.S. Congress in 2012. Uh, in Congress, Beto serves on the House Committee for Armed Services and Veteran Affairs. He is also he was also in a punk band in his younger days called FOSS. Uh, one of the members went on to form uh, the Mars Volta, I think the lead singer, the Texas GOP uh, actually tried to turn that against him and posted a picture of him with his band back in the day, and it totally backfired. If uh, if anything, it actually endured Beto, I think, even more with his bass, and in my opinion, made him made him seem more real, for lack of a better term. Now, one of the things that sets him apart from other politicians is he doesn't accept donation from special interest groups. Um, that is practically unheard of in our political climate right now. The majority of his donations are individual, everyday people. Uh, his campaign is tireless. He hit all 254 counties in Texas. Uh, when he hit Williamson County, I had to go. Congressman O'Rourke is inspiring to watch. He's a breath of fresh air regarding politics. He's earnest and sincere in a way that most elected officials just lack. I can't think of anyone who more accurately vocalizes my beliefs 
on immigration and border security more than Beto. He is for secure borders, but he also supports compassionate immigration policy. Here he is recorded live at the Cedar Park Recreation Center. this moment that this this entire concept or experiment that we just we decided we were going to start 242 years ago um, on the basic premise that we're all created equal that that each one of us has inherent unalienable meaning you just can't take it away this right to to be able to to live um, to have our liberty and to pursue our happiness for some and, and I'll admit for the O'Rourke family, uh, almost two years ago, this, this became not a certainty, but an open question. And uh, unclear whether we were gonna be here for a 243rd or a 244th year. Um, unclear whether this would continue to be the indispensable nation. Unclear whether we were going to live up to our highest values and ideals, or whether we were going to succumb to the paranoia the smallness, the hatred, the vilification of one another based on our differences, whether we were literally going to physically be defined by a 2,000 mile wall, 30 feet high, at a cost of $30 billion, built not on the international boundary between the United States and Mexico, which would be the middle of the channel, the Rio Grande River, but miles into the interior of the United States, literally taking our fellow Texans' farms and ranches, homes and properties, to build something that we don't need at a time of record safety along the U.S.-Mexico border, the lowest levels of northbound apprehension since 1971, the year before I was born. And though we do have threats at the U.S.-Mexico border, against which we must be vigilant, illegal drug trafficking, human trafficking that's going on right now, and our gratitude to the more than 20,000 Border Patrol agents who seek to guard that border and help the human lives that they encounter. We also know that though we're at the lowest levels of apprehensions, people are still being apprehended, very often not trying to evade detection. In, in the, the words of Border Patrol agents that I've met, um, these people are literally arresting themselves, turning themselves in, asylum seekers, leaving some of the deadliest countries on the face of the planet, doing what any human being in the same situation might do what Amy and I would do if the only way to get Ulysses and Molly and Henry to safety, the only way to save their lives was to travel 2,000 miles by foot, if lucky on top of, but not inside of a train known as the Beast or La Bestia, come to this country seeking salvation and refuge and asylum from a country of asylum seekers and refugees and immigrants, the people of the planet collected here in one nation, whose genius is that we can bring everyone from the world over together and make them something new, make them American, retain our culture and our identity, the best of the places that we left, and we bring it here and make this country even better to arrive at our front door, at the U.S.-Mexico border, where Texas meets the rest of the world, and to have that child for whom you risked everything, including your life, 
Literally, have that child taken from you by force if necessary. For you, that parent who's made this God-awful decision and has survived the journey in every manner of depredation, uh, every kind of person who would prey on your misery and the misery of your child, and you made it here alive, to have that girl taken from you, to be turned over to the Department of Justice of the United States of America, prosecuted like a common criminal, that little girl sent to a foster care home in Michigan, sent to a tent city in the desert in Tornillo, Texas, sent somewhere that you cannot follow, knowing not when or even if you will ever see her again, that is happening in this country right now, and it is up to us as to whether or not that will define us for the generations to come. Whether those walls, that family separation, the rhetoric that describes Mexican immigrants as rapists and criminals, that describes asylum seekers as animals or an infestation, those words that have had a profound effect in how we treat and see and view one another, whether those words will mark this time in the people of 2018, whether we will decide that we will ban all people of one religion from this shores, from these borders, from this country, from this place, whose very genius is that we are a people from everywhere, from all walks of life, all traditions of faith, including those... Including those who are here with us right now. Whether the press, which I was always taught to believe are the best defense against tyranny, who hold those in positions of power and public trust accountable for their actions, the actions that they take, on your behalf, the tax dollars that they spend, on your behalf, the wars that they wage, on your behalf, the lives that are taken, on your behalf, the lives that are sacrificed and lost and put on the line tonight in Afghanistan, in Syria, in Iraq, in Somalia, in Yemen, in Libya, in Niger, on your behalf. Without the press, who would we be? And to have somebody in the highest office in the land describe them as the enemy of the people, this basic foundation of our democracy and who we are, and again, our genius, the envy of the world. Imperfect though we may be, still the best thing going. Amy and I, more than a year and a half ago, made this decision that this cannot be us. These things cannot define who we are, and we can also not just be against those things. We cannot only be just about stopping the bad stuff that's going on. We've got to be for the great things that we want to achieve. If it's not family separation and walls and militarizing the border and denigrating and vilifying our fellow human beings, then what is it? And I ask as a lifelong El Pasoan, as a, a proud parent of three kids who are in dual language program at Mesita Elementary, the same world-class public school that I was lucky enough to be taught in, who, when their mother is doing their math homework for them tonight, <laughs> she'll be doing math homework in Spanish tonight, she'll be doing math homework in English tomorrow. We've made the most of the fact that El Paso is one half of the largest binational community anywhere in this hemisphere. We are a city of immigrants, people who chose us, left their family, left their hometown, left their country, left their comfort, to come here and start anew, and yes, to do better for themselves, to do better for their kids, but also because they want to do better for us, and not unconnected to that, 
is the fact that El Paso, Texas today is one of, if not the safest cities in the United States of America, not in spite of the fact that we are a city of immigrants, because of the fact that we are a city of immigrants. And what we as Texans can say, One of the main reasons that I'm voting for Beto is his stance on health care. In a country as rich and industrious as America, we should all have health care. Like him, I think it's a basic human right, not a privilege. 4.3 million Texans, including 600,000 children, can't see a doctor or when they do, they're so sick that they have no choice but to go to the emergency room where the costs are way more expensive and usually the outcome is much worse. There's an argument to be made that universal health care could lower health care costs over time. I think in our lifetime, this will become a reality. At least, I hope so. Here's Congressman O'Rourke. Someone told me that they're really counting on us, on all of us. She described without going into detail that she lives with pre-existing conditions. And she knows that those pre-existing conditions may no longer be protected. She may no longer be able to afford insurance if she has insurance right now in the least insured state in the United States of America. Meeting so many families with kids who are medically complex, who require tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical care, who depend on a Medicaid waiver program that allows them to take care of those kids at home to be with their loved ones, to do the tough work that is required in taking care of them, that if they were unable to do otherwise, that child would be relegated to an institution. Those parents may not be able to be with them. The outcomes would not be as good. In this state, whose largest provider of mental health care services is the county jail system. In this state, where the Harris County Jail has more inpatient mental health care beds right now than all of the public mental health care hospitals in Texas combined. In this state that is losing people to the flu, to diabetes, in the wealthiest, the most powerful country on the face of the planet, in the year 2018, whose taxpayers funded the research, the innovation, the development into the medicines and the cures that are sold back to us at some of the most expensive rates anywhere on the planet. I would love for us to go from being the least in all of these categories to the state that works with everyone else in this country to lead the way on guaranteed, high-quality, universal health care for every child, for every woman, for every man. I would love for this state, in the midst of a maternal, a maternal mortality crisis that is claiming the lives of so many women in Texas at a rate faster than almost any other industrial country on the planet. This state that is losing African-American women at twice the rate that it is losing Anglo-American women. This state that closed down most of its family planning clinics and made it that much harder for any woman in Texas to get a cervical cancer screening, to see a family planning provider, to see a provider of any kind. 
I would love for this state to stand up and decide that women should be able to make their own decisions about their own bodies. They should have access to the health care that allows it to be possible. They should be able to live their lives to their full potential. Another major concern I have is our policy regarding climate change. I think what we're doing to the planet in terms of pollution and greenhouse gases is a far greater threat than terrorism, both domestic and abroad. As you know, the White House made the colossal mistake of withdrawing from the Paris Agreement. And I think only two other countries boycotted the agreement. There was Nicaragua, who actually thought the agreement didn't go far enough to protect the environment, and then Syria, who is run by a madman in the middle of a civil war. Like Beto, I am deeply concerned about this issue, and I'm going to let him take it over from here. I want to make sure that all of the big aspirational work before us can be done, whether it is the issues that I brought up, whether it's the fact that we understand on this very warm morning that <laughs> if this planet continues to cook another two degrees Celsius, we will lose opportunities like these. Our descendants, the people of the future, our grandkids and great-grandkids might not be able to come out on a morning like this in August, may not be able to live anywhere near the ocean in Galveston or Corpus Christi, Port Aransas, Rockport, Victoria, Goliad, any of those communities that we have visited since Hurricane Harvey, that more than a year later are still rebuilding from the third 500-year flood to hit that region in just five years. It's a similar story on the other side of the rainfall spectrum, north of where we are right now, west of where we are right now, where we meet ranchers and farmers who have not seen rain in months. You look at a drought map of Texas and it's just red all over. And they had just emerged from five years of drought, undermining their ability to grow the food and the fiber that feeds and clothes not just Texas, not just this country, but so much of the world is the driver for so much of our economy today. We were in Glasscock County a few months ago, and a woman came to a meeting like this, stood up and said, listen, never been to a political event before. I'm a Republican, and I didn't think my first one would be for a Democrat. But I'm a farmer, and I'm farming the same land that my parents farmed, the same land that their parents farmed. But what they were able to plant two generations ago, what my parents planted last generation, we are unable to plant right now. Climate change is not something that my family is preparing for. Climate change is something that my family is living right now. No state better understands the impacts and the consequences of climate change than Texas. No state, therefore, has a more compelling reason to lead the way for this country and for the world. We are in a great place to start. We're number one, number one in the country in the generation of wind power. We could soon be number one in the generation of solar and geothermal. We are creating the high value, high wage, high skill jobs that will allow us to grow this economy, to provide purpose and function in the lives of jobless Texans right now at the same time that we preserve the ability to live on this planet, to be here in this field right now for the generations that follow. A theme throughout his campaign platform is equality for all. 
He supports measures like the Equality Act and proposed legislation that would provide the same non-discrimination protections to LGBTQIA Americans as any other protected class under federal law. Basically, guaranteeing that same-sex couples are entitled to access the same federal benefits as any other Texas family. He dropped some serious truth bombs on me during this next segment about how the war on drugs is racially motivated. I had some idea about how minorities are arrested and incarcerated more than white people, but I was stunned at the statistics that he quotes in this next part. We are in a country that today boasts the largest prison population on the face of the planet. We know that one third doing time right now are there for nonviolent drug offenses. Many for simple possession of marijuana, a substance that's legal in 29 states in this country. There are people getting rich lawfully selling marijuana right now all over this country. And there are low-level dealers being locked up. There are people who are in jail for the crime of possession. And let's be honest, because we know that all people of all races and ethnicities use illegal drugs at the same rate, but that only some will be arrested, only some will do time. For the crime of being a black man in this country too often, you are stopped, you are searched, you are put behind bars. That prison population, largest on the planet, is disproportionately comprised of people of color. And it's a prison population whose journey begins as early as kindergarten, where five-year-old children, depending on their race, are five times as likely to be disciplined or suspended or expelled in the exact same classroom in front of the same teacher for the same infraction as another child of a different race. That first day of kindergarten, my Tia Patricia, who's a lifelong educator, can attest to this. Some children will be 10 months behind in math. That first day of kindergarten, some children will be 12 months behind in reading with precious little time to catch up. Their parents who may be working two or three jobs just to make ends meet, maybe the same parents who do not have the time to read to them that night before the first day of kindergarten or the first day of first grade. Those parents may be involved in the criminal justice system disproportionate to other parents of other races in this country. 25% of African-American children in this country have had a parent in the criminal justice system. 4% of white children have had a parent in the criminal justice system in this country. That 25% rate for African-American children, four times as high as what it was in 1980. This war on drugs has become a war on people, a war on some people over other people. It has, in effect, some have called it, become the new Jim Crow in the United States of America, writing people out of economic, civic, democratic life in their own country, where they are citizens, where they pay taxes. What if we decided, as a state, we were going to lead the way in ending the war on drugs, ending the prohibition on marijuana, expunging the arrest records of those arrested simply for the crime of possession so that they too can get on with their lives, be able to apply for a job without checking a box, get a student loan to be able to better themselves. It's not too much to ask. It's not a crazy idea. It's not a, a Democratic Party talking point. This is something that we as the people of Texas can work on together. 
So to each one of you who made the time to be here today, to those world heroic school teachers who are about to go into the classroom, who in some cases need to take on a second job just to make ends meet, who are still trying to teach to that child, though they are compelled by current law to teach to a high stakes standardized test. To all of you who've taken time away from your families, from your job, from whatever else you're going to do today, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for fighting for this country at the moment that it counts the most, with fewer than 60 days left before we cast that first ballot on October 22nd. Thank you for being with us, for bringing us in within one point in the latest poll to take you. Thank you for knocking on doors, for making phone calls, for doing everything that it takes to win this election for Texas, for this country, for this generation, and every generation that follows. Thank you all very, very much. Very grateful. Thank you. That was seriously an exciting day. I, uh, I hate to be overdramatic about it, but I couldn't help thinking that this guy could one day be president. He just had that Kennedy swag. But first, we got to get him elected to Texas Senate. So everybody get out there and vote. Even if Beto's not your guy, I want you to vote too. I think really if everybody who's eligible to vote actually voted, we would get the best leaders um, because America is a great country with smart people. And I, I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Beto takes no special interest money, no PACs, nothing. He is a DIY punk rock politician who is not beholden to the corporate interest that most politicians are. And we've got a huge opportunity in Texas this November, so let's rise up and make it happen. His website is BetoForTexas.com. Uh, the campaign is looking for volunteers. So I, I spoke to one volunteer who was in line, and she does data entry for like an hour a week. I guess they have forms that are handwritten that need to be entered into a spreadsheet to a digital format. So even if you're not someone who likes to knock on doors or, uh, or make phone calls at a phone bank, there's still something in there for you if you'd like to help out. Please rate the show for me if you don't mind on uh, whatever platform you listen to. And check out my website, thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. I'll be posting some extra content there like pictures from the day and links, all kinds of stuff like that. Hope you like it. Once again, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.